الجزيرة بودكاست تيك توك is the world's fastest growing social media app but the US and some western governments say it allows China access to private data and is a security threat The company and the Chinese government both deny this. So who should we believe? I'm Nastasia Tay, and you're listening to the Inside Story podcast, where we dissect, analyze, and help define major global stories. Well, let's bring in our guests now. In Beijing, we have Aina Tangen. He's a senior fellow at the Taihe Institute. That's an independent think tank based in China. In New York, we have Sarah Kreps. She's the founder and director of the Technology Policy Institute at Cornell University. And in Dublin, Adrian Wecklen, technology editor at the Irish Independent and also the host of the Big Tech Show podcast. A warm welcome to each of you. And now, before we get into the politics of this, which is obviously very charged, I do want to break down a couple of the big issues here that the US has taken with TikTok. Firstly, data collection and influencing opinion. Adrian, I'll start with you. I want to understand what sort of data we're talking about here. This is obviously a huge number of users, something like one in three Americans. How far does that data collection go? Well, it like every other social media platform, that means your location, your name, what you do, what you're interested in, maybe what you buy, including trackers that might follow you around the rest of your phone or the rest of the internet. So like other internet websites and social media platforms, we are talking about a very, very complete picture of your life. Adrian, is there any big difference here when it comes to other social media apps and TikTok? Does TikTok have some kind of special way of getting more information than, say, Meta or Instagram? No, there isn't a material difference between those social media platforms. Where the controversy here arises in who might potentially have access or maybe influence uh, the users there, the one in three Uh, in America, for example, who use TikTok. With Meta, with Google, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and all of the rest, there is an understanding, maybe even a grudging acceptance, that Western governments, the US government in particular, sometimes accesses that data for its own means, maybe even sometimes influences it. Mm. It's where the controversy is with TikTok is the extent to which, if at all, the Chinese government accesses that data in a secretive way or might secretively influence users. Right. So there is a law in China that requires private companies based in China to give data over to the Chinese government should the Chinese government request it. Now, I know Mr. Chu said multiple times in that congressional hearing that they haven't been asked for any data, nor have they handed over any data. But, Aina, let me throw this one to you. That's understandably uh, concerns around security risks there. Yes, and uh, the vice versa. The U.S. has the same uh, ability to sometimes go through a court, sometimes not, as uh, the, the many leaks have exposed. Uh, the fact is the U.S. spies on everybody. So this idea that somehow they're shocked, shocked that China might get this is uh, laughable. But let's go beyond that. There's no proof. In the, in the United States, I'm a lawyer. I can tell you that uh, generally before you uh, have a hanging, you generally have a trial and there's an ability to say, say who accuses me and what am I accused of and show me some proof. In this particular case, there's none. This is a political lynching and it's being done simply to distract uh, voters out there. Uh, you know, you, you know, we have a $3.5 trillion debt crisis. We have banks failures, inflation, low growth, political polarization, gun deaths, racism, global warming, 
foreign policy bro of broken countries, treaties and international institutions. And, you know, we've made a hypocrisy of touting the rule of law, international order, while undermining the WTO, breaking, you know, <laughs> um, the, the, the uh, climate accord agreements that we went into in Kyoto and also Paris. Okay, so, I, 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 I mean, I, I do want this to stick... idea is just nonsense. Sure, I, I hmm? want to stick specifically to what we're talking about in terms of TikTok. I, I know that there are broader disagreements here between the US and China. Now, I, I want to bring in Sarah, uh, just picking up on something that Anna alluded to there. If this data sharing law in China is such a huge concern, that presumably would be a basis for, for banning any or all Chinese private companies from operating in the US. Right. Yeah, so I think there are a couple of, I mean, so many important issues here. Um, one of the issues is not just whether this access is happening right now, but I think one of, one of the things I don't think we've talked much about so far is the backdrop of the U.S.-China relationship right now, which is very fraught. And what I think we need to see this is a, a data point in a broader picture. So we know as of October of last year, the U.S. had imposed very stringent export controls on AI technology. The U.S. has done that on semiconductor chips. And this, I think, is just part of that bigger picture. And it's not just whether Chinese engineers, which uh, the CEO kind of didn't refute yesterday, that uh, Chinese engineers have access to that data. But it's this question, the kind of precautionary principle with respect to kind of any future activity as well that the U.S. seems to want to be guarding against. Sure. I do want to, at this point, just to clarify who actually owns TikTok. Uh, ByteDance, the parent company, confirmed that, what, 60% of its shares are owned by global investors, 20% by employees, 20% by its founders. Now, I understand in 2021, a Chinese-owned state enterprise did buy a stake in ByteDance. Uh, they even now have a, a seat on the board. Uh, I know TikTok has tried to distance themselves from all of this, but let me ask you, Adrian, as someone who watches the tech industry, uh, does the Chinese government have a stake in or any oversight over TikTok? Well, it's quite vague. There is talk of a golden share in ByteDance and, and other companies, but the transparency there is quite vague. Um, we do know that, as you pointed out, ByteDance is a Chinese company. That is the owner of TikTok. Now, Ina is correct to say that there is no direct evidence of interference yet, or they're, they're very scant examples. The problem is there is very direct evidence of Beijing interfering with big tech companies in China when they stand up to the government. So uh, ByteDance's founder, and CEO, Chairman Zhang, uh, Zhang Yuming, mm. he was basically forced to stand down last year. We've seen tech giants like uh, Alibaba's Jack Ma, a, a world global star, effectively disappeared and, and made to stand down from the company. In this kind of climate, when you talk about ownership and regulation and the influence that the Chinese state has on a company like ByteDance, you cannot ignore the fact that at the moment it's cracking down on tech companies. And if you were to refuse a request, for example, if there were a secretive request to access data or to influence the algorithm, it's more likely than not, based on the evidence we have with other big tech CEOs, that you would face serious personal repercussions in China. I know, I'm going to let you respond to that. 
Well, it's nonsense. I mean, you know, I can if you if I say to you, you don't like your mother-in-law, therefore I'm going to arrest you for murder. I mean, it, it, you have to do something. And as as far as where is Jack goes, Ma? I mean, I China, where is he right now? It's, where is Jack Ma? Jack Ma right now is in Japan. The last I heard. Uh, he was studying things. He was taken down because he'd gotten too big. He decided that he wanted to and make policy instead of follow it. Uh, his, uh, in essence, he had created such he? a massive entity that he was taxing people, not providing services. And that is where things, and they have the same concerns in the U.S. with Meta and all the rest of them, that they have grown so large that they are, in essence, too big to fail, kind of like the banks and things like that. Now, you can defend them, uh, these great behemoths and things like that, and their massive uh, amounts of, of shareholders and uh, funds that hold them. But the fact is, China is very concerned about the market being working, which means that it does not want to have... Uh, these kind of uh, huge conglomerates run by individuals who decide what the fate of the world should be. Uh, U.S. has Elon Musk. You're welcome to him. But at this juncture, this idea that you can put, uh, you can take somebody's property because you suspect that they might do something. Well, I would stand to you that that would not stand the test if somebody wanted to take your house or your job. All right. And okay. right now, okay. this is about to take about five million people's jobs and the people who work for them. I know. I, so, I, I want you know, to get to some of the implications that we don't have to know here what's going on. in a minute. But I, I do want to, to focus on, on one very specific element um, that was brought up in the congressional hearing and which also Sarah mentioned. You mentioned the Beijing engineers there. Now, there was an incident which, which TikTok actually agreed had happened late last year, in December 2022, where a number of engineers in China did track a US journalist. They used data that they had from TikTok, tracking this US journalist, and um, to find out, I believe, who, who might be leaking information about TikTok. Now, TikTok is saying that was a bit of a, a rogue operation, but Sarah, that's obviously not going down very well over in the US. Right. I think what that is, is kind of a proof of concept of the way in which this platform or the access and relationship between the platform and and individuals in China and the way in which that could be used for influence and manipulation. And that journalist, by the way, it had written a story based on insider sources about ByteDance using a news app to push pro-Chinese messages. And so that was a big part of yesterday's hearing as well on Capitol Hill, which is the way in which this platform could be used to manipulate uh, public opinion through things like another one of the good examples that came up yesterday was the prevalence of misinformation about elections and how much of that stayed up on TikTok relative to other US-based platforms. Uh, Ina, I'll throw this back to you for a response here, but, but I do want to point out, you said that there wasn't direct evidence of government influence or intervention, but here we do have direct evidence of a, a number of people in China using private data to track someone without their knowledge. Well, Nastasia, if, if you're going to use that standard, now, first off, these were corporate people. This was not the government uh, that was doing it. So if you want to ascribe you know, uh, whatever corporations do uh, to the country, there wouldn't be a single U.S. Uh, company uh, uh, in the Fortune 500 still left standing because they've all done it. They've all had mistakes and things like that where they've been pursuing their corporate interest, not pursuing uh, the U.S. government's interest. 
So th that's fallacious, uh, you know, bringing this out and trying to fear monger people into believing that the potential is there. Mm. It goes against everything that we say we stand for in America, the rule of law, presumption of innocence, the idea that you have a trial before you're summarily lynched. I mean, this is nonsense. You, you can say all these things about what you're afraid of. Everyone is afraid. The question is, what do we, how do we go forward? Already the US has erected a tech wall on hardware, saying that China shouldn't have access to chips. They shouldn't have access to chip making machines. Now they want to extend it to software. Where does it stop? How, how big do these walls have to be before people start being afraid? And I you're would talking about that a, more walls make people more afraid. Sure. Well, you're talking about trying to find a way forward. I see TikTok is trying to do that. They've said that they've come up with a plan. They're calling it Project Texas. They want to keep U.S. data on U.S. servers maintained by a U.S. company. Adrian, I mean, that sounds like a, a pretty good deal for the U.S., no? On one level, it is. And there's a similar plan in Europe that they call Project Clover, partly because the data centers in which the data will be housed are partly here in Dublin, in Ireland. So it's a nod to us with uh, the clover. Um, but the essential problem is the absolute 180 degrees opposite to what Ina uh, was saying. You cannot compare uh, like with like. And there are very, very scanned trials in China. If you are the CEO of a tech company there, there's a very good chance that you will be put under house arrest very good chance in the next 12 months because of the current crackdown. So these are very relevant factors in trying Wait, Where do you get off saying such nonsense? How much time have you spent in China? How much time? Uh, I've been there a couple of times. I've been okay. there a couple I, of times. Yes, how many, way, how many, how many days? Country. Gentlemen, is, I'm going to ask us to take is, a little uh, bit of a nonsense. step back here you're, and, you're and focus on the issue at hand. In order to justify a point that isn't there. I would like to ask you all no, it's not, it's about the level of influence that TikTok has. not journalism. Has. That's fear-mongering. Let's take a moment and return to the influence that TikTok has, specifically on young people. I was having a look at some of the numbers the app is used by, what, 67% of US teens? That's according to Pew. Now, this was also raised in the hearing. I want to have a listen. TikTok also targets our children. The For You algorithm is a tool for TikTok to own their attention and prey on their innocence. Within minutes of creating an account, your algorithm can promote suicide, self-harm, and eating disorders to children. It encourages challenges for them to put their lives in danger and allows adults to prey on our beautiful, beloved daughters. It's also a portal for drug dealers to sell illicit fentanyl that China has banned, yet is helping Mexican cartels produce, send across our border, and poison our children. We care about our economy, and we sure as heck care about our children. We sure do. And that's why you're here today, because two-thirds of all the youth in our country are on your, on your app. They spend an average of 95 minutes on your app. The Chinese Communist Party is engaged in psychological warfare through TikTok to deliberately influence U.S. children.
OK, so obviously some very charged language there, but just taking a step back from the direct accusations at China, and we'll come to those in a minute, but just looking specifically at the issue of influence on social media, that's obviously a big issue for uh, multiple apps, Meta, Instagram. Sarah, is TikTok worse in some way? What was interesting about yesterday is that the CEO kept saying, well, these are industry standards, these are industry standards. Uh, and, and to some extent, that's true. And one of the things I heard yesterday that I hadn't heard for a long time was reference to comprehensive privacy legislation. So it seems as though you know, hopefully that is the case because there are these kind of more pervasive privacy issues uh, but one of the things I think, again, that kind of raises a, that I, it raises questions about kind of a company that is U.S. owned and U.S. headquartered and U.S. values versus China is is sort of how that might be used to influence. Again, I mentioned the misinformation about the a fundamental aspect of democracy, like elections. Um, but I found it really interesting when the CEO said that his kids are not on TikTok because it is not permitted under the age of 13 in Singapore. Mm. And I wasn't sure whether he fell into a trap, but, but by acknowledging that there are other countries around the world that think that this isn't suitable for kids under 13. And then he talked about the user experience for an mm -hmm. eight-year-old here in the US and it's very protected. But what he also didn't seem to get is how easy it is to sidestep those age restrictions. So Indeed. I think there were just a, a number of these kinds of issues that uh, went unanswered yesterday. Well, I see the conversation around this issue got particularly heated. I, I want to play you another excerpt from the hearing yesterday. Your technology is literally leading to death. Mr. Chu, yes or no, do you have full responsibility for your algorithms? used by TikTok to prioritize content to its users? Yes or no, please? Uh, Congressman, I'll, I'll just like to, if respectfully, if you don't mind, I'll just like to start by saying it's devastating to hear about the news of, yes, as a yes. father myself, this is Sir, tragic. yes or no? I'll repeat the question. Do you have full responsibility over the algorithms used by TikTok to prioritize content to its users? Yes or no, please? Uh, Congressman, we we do take these issues very seriously. Yeah, yes or no? And we do provide resources for anyone who types in anything that Sir, is Sir, yes or related. no? I see you're not willing to answer the question or take any responsibility for your parents' companies, the technology, and the harms it creates. It's just very, very sad, very sad. Now, the tone there struck me as particularly hostile, and we saw many other hostile exchanges throughout the hearing. At times, I believe they questioned Mr. Chu on Beijing's treatment of the Uyghurs. I mean, he's Singaporean for a start, and he wanted to focus on TikTok, and he said so. Uh, we've seen other tech companies in congressional hearings, but it doesn't feel like it was quite like this. Uh, Aina, let me ask you about your take on the tone here. Well, I, I thought you were playing a retake of the McCarthy hearings. I mean, have you stopped beating your wife? Uh, I do agree that there have to, has to be standards, uh, but they have to be industry-wide standards. Uh, taking TikTok off the board is not going to change if you do not have standards that protect uh, younger children. And that's the real issue here. If you want to uh, uh, go at that, I'm all for it. And I think everybody else is. But this idea that by slamming TikTok, you will solve the problem. It's nonsense. 
Well, the Chinese government has obviously weighed in. They've opposed the sale. That doesn't seem to help TikTok's assertion of independence here. But they also seem to be arguing that there is an intellectual property component, that they don't want to export the algorithm. Adrian, is that fair? Um, it's difficult to say that that is fair. I would agree that the, the tone of the congressional hearing was slightly absurd. It was more one of grandstanding than anything else. I, we didn't really uh, learn anything new from it. That said, I thought that Shao uh, Chu, the CEO of TikTok, did a very bad job in trying to convince people that the app can be safe. Um, the fact that the Chinese government came out hours before his, uh, his performance to say that they would potentially block the sale of TikTok from ByteDance completely undermined Xiao Chu's assertion that the company is independent and makes its own decisions. It, it badly damaged it. His argument about uh, the intellectual property value of the algorithms involved doesn't really stack up. Well, this was a big partisan push this time, a departure from what we saw in 2020 when President Trump wanted to ban TikTok then. Uh, but the people who are sitting in that congressional hearing aren't TikTok's main demographic, right? Sarah, do you think that there might be political consequences in the US, especially amongst young people, if a ban does go forward? No, I, I, it, I don't, because it's one of these rare issues in Washington where both parties vociferously agree. At one point, someone said, welcome to, it might have been the same individual we just heard, welcome to the most bipartisan committee in Congress. And there was such consensus on this issue. So if, if a disgruntled young person is irritated at the political process, they have nowhere to turn because both parties are in alignment here. So, uh, but actually it's interesting too that uh, there is, a reasonable amount of support, even among users of TikTok, something like 25% of TikTok users would nonetheless support a ban. The data, the public opinion polling on this is interesting because two thirds of Americans are skeptical of the independence of this, of this app. Uh, so it would be very interesting to see what happens. But on the political side, I think actually Congress is fairly inoculated from any blowback um, but you're absolutely right that A, it was grandstanding, and B, they are not really the target demographic. So there is a way in which this is a little bit problematic uh, in, in the sense that they're not the ones affected, but they're trying to legislate something that will affect uh, a very different demographic. Sure. Aina, let me leave the last question with you very, very briefly. Can you give me a sense of, from Beijing, of what a sale, if a sale were to at any point go forward, might look like? I mean, presumably you need a huge amount of money to buy TikTok. Yeah, absolutely. It's a big thing. They would only be buying probably the U.S. side of it, so I don't know. But I mean, I, I just have to respond to uh, one issue that my, my friend from Ireland has said. He said he was amazed that uh, China would uh, block uh, the sale of something. Well, is he amazed that the U.S. is blocking the sale of uh, computer chip equipments and chips uh, to uh, China, not only its own, but other countries? Well, it's clearly you can't very... even use the main social media platforms in China. I mean, the, literally, the greatest firewall in the in the world is in China. This is yes, an absurd is. discussion, and that's not something that I necessarily agree with. But I, that is that is something that the country has addressed, not through a kangaroo court, but through policy. 
Well, it is clearly a very divisive issue. One will continue watching closely here on Al Jazeera. In the meantime, though, thank you to all of our guests for a very robust discussion today. Ina Tangen, Sarah Kreps, and Adrian Weckler. This episode was produced by Dermot Fleming, Abla Klar, and Abdurrahman Shelik. Studio sound by Yasser Romani, and the program was edited by Yorgos Florokapis, Lin Yuen, and Joe DeFrias. Do be sure to subscribe to the Inside Story podcast to catch every one of our episodes. Thanks for listening, and tune in again on Monday for our next one. Thank you.